Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Hour Football Podcast, episode 94. Welcome back, everybody. International break is over and our break is over as well. And joining me as always on these podcasts is my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? I'm great, Amy. It's pretty cold down here, to be honest. <laughs> I'm really happy to be on with you and talk with you. And, and yeah, just lots of stuff been going on these past couple of days. So, yeah. Yeah, we've had uh, some weird we've had we have weird la fall weather which means we're on the cusp of summer and fall so sometimes it's really cold and sometimes it's really hot so sometimes you don't even know how to dress you'll be have like a sweater and you know you have to change into like shorts midday so <laughs> we're also dealing with some funky weather over here but um has, has, has it started snowing over there by any chance does no, it snow in mexico um, occasionally get it, it wait didn't it snow like in didn't really it, high up like volcanoes didn't it snow one time where did like, it snow it did. It, it was like 1970 <laughs> something, I think. No, wasn't it? Was, I know. It, we had this discussion last year where I was like, Adriana, I think it's snowed. And you're like, and you're like, nah, it didn't snow. I'm like, nah, I saw it on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it snowed. And then it was like, it was like somewhere north and it ended up snowing in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like northern the country. Yeah. It, it occasionally snows like, like Chihuahua or like even like Monterrey, some places like that. In Mexico, see, it, it snowed like once. It was chaos, apparently, and it was like in the 70s or maybe 60s. I think it was in the 70s. Um, and yeah, you'll get some snow if you go like high up in the mountains, like those mountains that like people just go to do like, I don't know, like mountain biking and, and just like try to, I don't know, like climb the volcanoes and stuff like that. Th th those are the places where we usually get snow. It's a pretty cool view because you can usually see the volcanoes pretty much from everywhere. So if they get snow, they really look fantastic. Um, I haven't been outside, so I'm not entirely sure if they're getting snow at this point. Um, maybe, maybe a bit, probably one of them, um, not the other one, because it occasionally has like all these like, like vapor and, and steam and stuff coming out of it. So it, it's not as cold, um, but yeah, but it's, it's cold down here anyway. <laughs> it's definitely not short weather. It's, it's raining and I've, I have like a hoodie on all day long. So yeah. Also, that just means that it's almost Mexican blanket weather, which for me is every day because I always have a Mexican blanket on my bed. I know a few people were like, why do you have a, uh, like, like an extra blanket on your bed? Yeah. Like a flower, like the flower, like those Mexican oh, blankets yeah. that are like, you know, that have like the tiger or the lion or the flowers <laughs> on them. I, I always have them. They're everywhere in my house, but people are like, sometimes will DM me and be like, no, those are only for the winter. I'm like, nah, they're year round for me. Cause they're super comfy, but it's about yeah. that time. It's that definitely that, that weather. And it and it's it's pan de muerto, um, not not weather, but season as well. Is that like pumpkin spice? Is that like pumpkin spice season in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as it can come, yeah. Um, it's like this really, really great like bread that it's like it's kind of like half a ball, and then it has like little figures like of, of bones around it. It sounds creepier than it actually is. You guys like, like a concha? Look, it's like a concha, yeah, but it's it has sugar on top of it, so it's really sweet. Mm -hmm. um, and we usually only get that like for October, and it's for the Day of the Dead, obviously. Um, it's it's like the Christmas. It's like Christmas, how you get like ornaments now in August. That kind of mm -hmm. thing has been going on. So you start getting that bread even like every time it's earlier in the year. Uh -huh. um, but it's, now it's like kind of like official because it's like end of September and coming into October. That's when you should get the bread, not August. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, you probably see this in, in cocoa and just pay attention it's pan de muerto it's really good <laughs> awesome awesome well speaking of warming up that's my segue and another thing that warmed up our hearts this past week was uh 
El Tri Femenil friendly. Adriana at the Estadio Azteca against Colombia. Um, we had seen them already play a good game at the Estadio Azteca against Costa Rica earlier this year, but it was behind closed doors. It was COVID. Nobody was allowed in. But this time, a bunch of fans, a bunch of people, members of the Football Femenil community were over there. And Mexico came out of it with a 2-0 victory against Colombia. Um, let's start with the good things, obviously. Let's start with the actual atmosphere. I mean, Adriana, how did it feel to be able to watch, uh, you know, the feminine side play at the Azteca? I've, I've been loving how much, like, inertia, everything that's going on with the feminine is getting. I mean, so many fans I saw even traveling from other cities coming to the Azteca only for the game, um, following players, sending best wishes. Um, following them on social media, um, it was it was it's great to see how much it's it's building as a project with fans, not only players coming in. Um, so I was I was really excited to see that. Um, obviously, we still have um, like some limitations due to COVID, so you're not seeing most of the stadiums open to 100% capacity yet. You're still seeing lots of people. You know, like you're, you're, you're thinking twice if you really want to go out and and if you have little kids and and you want to go to the stadium, probably not the best thing to do yet. Stuff like that. But still, it was just amazing atmosphere, just seeing so many people backing up the team, looking into that game. For sure. And I agree. We um, from the TMJ side, because obviously I work at the marketing jerseys now, um, you know, there were tons of people in a part of our giveaway. You know, I think we gave, ended up giving out over like 50 tickets to different people. And some of them include people that were traveling to the game, you know, so there was definitely I mean, it was only under 10,000. It was a, you know, it was kind of in the middle of the week. It was kind of early-ish. Some people were flying in the day of. So we understand those factors that come into play. Also, we have a ton of other matches that are being played on the men's side as well. But to see, so to, that's a good chunk of people to be at the game, you know, with, not, I don't want to say like too, like a, like a rush in planning it, but it was still good to see all the people. Um, I think there were tons of content creators, like I mentioned from the football feminist side. So I think 11 legends was out there and they had beautiful pictures of just like, you know, fans and little kids, both little girls and little boys with their Mexico jerseys. And just, you know, it, it goes back into that aspect of just that community building, you know, and even for Mari Carmen and for Maria to be able to score at the Azteca, it meant so much to them. And um, you know, it was it was a beautiful thing to see, it, it, even if there were a few other international games as well. So we had to watch it here in the U.S. Um, on our computers or on our phones. You know, we were still able to watch it. And I, you and I have always talked about how much we just wanted to feel normal to actually, you know, consume women's soccer and to be able to consume the, you know, El Tri Femenil in this way, in this very normal way was was awesome. But then let's get into the actual action on the field. Um, a 2-0 victory. We did imagine that this was going to be a victory for Mexico just because in terms of Conmebol and CONCACAF, their development is a little bit more ahead now because of this investment we're seeing from the Federation on the women's side. But um, what were your overall thoughts on the performance on the field as well? I mean, I, I definitely think was what was most valuable. I mean, we, we've seen the team have several games throughout the, throughout the year looking into this new project with Monica Vergara. Um, I was kind of frustrated at, at some of the rivals that were, were were chosen because I mean I think you have to grow like the, like the rivals have to go like accordingly their, their level has to go according to, to what you're doing as a project so I was kind of frustrated at some point because despite the fact that we applaud enormously um, everything that's been going on with the federation and and, and all the trips and, and and camps and just the games in general that the team is getting 
um, it's really difficult when you're starting off a project and you face the United States twice and then Japan, right? In less than a month or so. So um, it's, it's really difficult to understand how a project is doing when you're facing rivals that are so, so ahead of you um, and are preparing for the Olympics and are world champions. So I was kind of frustrated at some point, like halfway through the year when those games came up because I, it's not that, not because they lost, but just because I want to make sure you're giving them every scenario possible to make sure you're developing that project accordingly, right? It's not necessarily about the win because we're not facing a, a tournament at this point, but you want to make sure you have the, the best scenario to test out players, to switch positions, uh, to make sure that you have all those, like all those things you need to, to know that you're understanding and you're analyzing your team as best as possible in, in that game. So I was kind of frustrated at some point because I was like, oh my God, we're, we're facing Japan in Japan. Um, this is a world champion. They're, they're years ahead in preparation and experience. And we're bringing players that we're still trying to see how they fit into Monica Vergara's project. So I know we're not going to get the win, but I'm just, I want to make sure that we're getting the circumstances that we actually need to make sure that she's seeing players in the circumstances that she needs to, to make the best possible decisions in the future, right? So um, now facing Colombia, a team that I, um, according to what we read, wasn't their A team either. And it's a league that has been struggling and was shortened at some point because clubs didn't um, give, give players all the facilities they needed. Um, I, I was kind of happy because mentally, I think, that, I think the team really needed a win, especially at the Azteca. And now when we're already like six games, seven games into Monica Vergara's uh, project with the three. So I think mentally they really needed that. Um, it was a great way to see them just bind with, with the fans and, and be really, you know, start to see um, a bit more of how this project is, is growing. So I, I'm glad to see some of the players. We're consistently seeing some changes as well. I mean, we know some Tigres players um, were asked not to be called up because they had that friendly against the dash, which is understandable. I mean, it's not what we want, but it's understandable on the club level. So I was, I was really pleased to see um, a good rival, a great scenario, um, players really taking, um, just in, enjoying the moment and just taking advantage of any, any possibilities, any playing minutes that they got on the field. I agree. And I think, I think there is, there is val there's like a valid worry, right? And one of the things that sticks out to me as well is that we still haven't seen the system yet, you know, and I, and I get it, the, you know, like you said, even you have two excuses, I guess, so to speak, right? When you're facing the top teams, where are the top teams, you're never going to beat them. Did we look terrible against some of them? Not always. There were there were moments of, of really good moments within the national team where you are facing these former world champions or anything. And you're like, okay, there's something there, you know? And then with these teams, you're kind of like, okay, we're a little bit more ahead of them, but we're, we're on the right track. And so we're winning. So there's always like kind of like that cushion for Monica to be like, yeah, I'm still playing around with my system. I don't, I, you know, I hope that what happens is this playing with the system is going to be, okay, here's our final execution going into November as we start getting into those qualifiers. And we see not blowouts, but we see really strong assertive players that know what they're doing. And I think you yeah. do. kind of, And I think you do kind of see that because you do have a lot of goal scoring options, right? Allison scored um, against Japan, if I recall correctly, right? We have Mayor and we have Gatti who scored against Costa Rica. Now in this game, you have Maria Sanchez scoring outside the box, doing her thing. And then you have Mari Carmen who comes in and, you know, is trying is being is being one of those kind of like forwards that is just trying to get the ball in as much as she can. So we, 
in that realm of positives, you have a lot of, you have a lot of options when it comes to scoring goals. It's just about like those little moments where I feel like in this game too, you kind of saw, um, you know, shakiness, shakiness in the defense, kind of a loss within the midfield. And you kind of start to wonder, okay, is that because we're still playing with the system is because Vergara is still trying to figure out what she wants to do, or is this going to be a problem going into qualifiers? And I think if we see it in qualifiers, that's where you go, okay, maybe it was, maybe you should have started implementing like a really strong system earlier than, than now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That That's what I was fearing when we faced some other teams. I was like, you're not entirely sure if this is a consequence of the level of, of competition for these particular games or because it's an actual problem. I mean, you faced Spain, you faced Japan, you faced the United States twice, um, which are the four losses that Monica Vergara has right now uh, with the team. But then you look, that, that's exactly what I was wearing. I was like, I'm not entirely sure how much of this is a consequence of, again, the competition level on the field, or is it because we're really lacking something in the project, in our own structure, in our own players? So that's why I was glad when they, when they announced Columbia, I was like, okay, that's something we can be sure we can actually work on, right? We, we can be sure that whatever we do on the field is more a consequence of how we're looking, we're, we're approaching this game and not necessarily because of what the rival is making us do, right? So yeah, really happy to see that. I mean, second victory for, for El Tri Femini with, with Vergara. Um, the first one was also at the Estadio Azteca, 3-1 win against Costa Rica. So yeah, it, it seems as though... Um, she definitely has tested out, I think, every player possible that could be called up. It'll be really interesting to see who actually makes the cut, right? L looking forward to, to the CONCACAF W uh, championship and just seeing um, what exactly that team is going to look like now that it's an official tournament. Yeah, I forgot who it was. I think it was our good friend name over at Futbolera. I think she had looked at I think it was her or one of like, obviously, the campeonas. They all do fantastic work covering the feminine side. One of them had checked and, and got in the total number of players that she's brought into the national team throughout her entire tenure so far. And it was a, a staggering number. I can't believe I can't remember it. I should have looked it up before we started recording. But when you think about like the context of how many <laughs> players she's brought in, it's pretty insane, right? She's had her yeah. consistent players, right? She brings in Emily, she brings in Genty, she brings in, I think Jocelyn's one of those consistent players too. So she does have her players that she enjoys. Allison is another one of them too. It's just about, you know, starting yeah. to see who's going to be who is going to be able to get appropriate playing time? Because one of the things that I think is justified as well when it comes to her choices is Licha hasn't gotten as much uh, playing time as I think she deserves as being one of the top players in the league. And I know that in True. the in the closed door friendly that um, Colombia and Mexico ended up having, I guess, um, Saturday before the game on Tuesday was um, Licha actually scored. And I know the Chivas community was was very <laughs> upset about that fact. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's um, like, I don't think it's cocky to say that some of the teams that are going to be facing off against in the CONCACAF W in theory should be teams that you do give those kinds of players more playing time, or you do do like those rotaciones because these, this is like the easy level of the, of the qualifiers, you know what I mean? And so you should probably yeah. in that sense, like, okay, you're, you're playing with the system now have like a good system of which players can go together. So as you're facing these lower end teams, mm -hmm. you see where you're at with the top teams that you've faced um, to start off this year. Let's see where you go from there. And like I said, in theory, I think you face a team like Suriname and all the other ones that are part of this first group, you should be winning those games by two plus goals, given that you're scoring, 
you know, two to three goals against other teams in Colombo and CONCACAF. So, um, you know, I, again, a fantastic, a, a definitely a historic milestone to see this game, to see all the fans, to see the players so elated playing at the Azteca. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to to keep this this thing moving. And then any final thoughts on the friendly and just on the performance overall? No, we, we should start looking into our like final roster. We, we should think about that for the next pod. Like, no, what would be our like, like twenty three <laughs> players? Called this up. is why I'm not a. Co- this is why I'm not a coach. Nobody asked me to come up with starting elevens. <laughs> Nobody asked me. No, I'm just kidding. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I mean, I will be a little biased because you know some of our players, TMJ athletes. What am I gonna do? You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah, we'll we'll start thinking about it. Also, we have to think of a we have to think of potential plans. Um, if our employers, if you're listening to this, of other and I being able to go to some of these qualifiers you know just something to think about you <laughs> definitely <know>? yeah <laughs> federation listens to our podcast so why are not our employers you know what i mean like let's you guys send us <laughs> <laughs> just make it happen let's let's make it work but uh, at the end of moving on yeah. from feminine action to more feminine action ligamex feminine kicked back in motion after the break um with hornada 10 and then before we start off, I know we were talking about a little bit about this off, uh, you know, off air, but I definitely wanted to see, um, you know, kind of because you're here. And for those of you who don't know, unless you've been living under a rock, Adriana actually works for through the it Now she can't handle any of your troubleshoot <laughs> questions that you guys like to throw at anybody <laughs> and, and anyone that works at different companies. Um, but, you know, what was the initiative behind you know, the, the, uh, what well, we started calling it the red zone experiment, you know, for those of you who don't know on Monday night, they had three different games playing at the same time, um, on your screen. So it was a very, you know, enriching experience to say the least. I know we had some conversations about it online, but again, as someone who works there and is able to do this because I begged you to do it, <laughs> give us some insight <laughs> about, you know, the initiative and how it came to be and, and what it looks like, you know, for the future moving on. I mean, yeah, I know it's been getting tons of, of negative comments on, on social media. I think, first of all, any change, any big change is usually just, you, you just think about it skeptically. You, you just think it's not going to be the same. And yeah, I mean, I think like we're, we're creatures of habit, right? So anything that comes our way and is different from what we've been doing previously is, is not going to get the best treatment, um, I think, usually for just about anything. So um, the thing is, when you try to look forward to, I mean, we know that the, the women feminine, that the feminine games have been doing a lot better than last year, right? We've, we've seen press releases from the league just mentioning how much better they're doing with broadcasts, with TV ratings, um, coverage in general, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't mean we're there yet, right? We still want to make sure that that product grows, that you're trying to reach new audiences, you're trying to introduce them to players and teams and the league in general. So. I, this was just an opportunity to see like how this would go about if we actually had like three games or at the same time and see what the response is. I mean, obviously it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way forever. I mean, it could just mean that we're just, we just have to get used to the change, just give it a chance and see if this actually brings more audiences on, like on board, right? Maybe you're reaching, um, you want to see the Tigres game and because of it, or just because oh, you just can't spend another two hours in front of TV, right? You, you have school, you have work, you have other responsibilities. You just can't see another game at the same time. Well, what if we make it possible, right? It, it doesn't seem that far-fetched to just give people a chance to see a game that they probably wouldn't, wouldn't have seen in, in normal circumstances, right? I mean, it, it, there's obviously a huge public now, a huge audience 
that does follow the teams as much as they can and tries to see games on a regular basis. But there's lots of people that just look at the team that they're following, right? So this was an opportunity to see how that would work, right? So we had um, an hour pre-show, an hour post-show, uh, and then two hours um, going back and forth with several games and just getting the highlights and, and trying to analyze what's going on during those games. So we had um, the Toluca Puebla game, we had Tigres Cholos, and we had Pumas Juarez, right? So um, I, I just say to people, just give it a chance, right? It's just an opportunity to see if something will, will stick, if how the audience will react, if you are actually giving the opportunity for other people to see teams that they probably usually, like, they, they usually won't see, right? Just because programming issues or just because time consuming or just because they just haven't given that team a shot, right? So that's, that's what went on this, this Monday. Um, I think that the, the pre-show and the post-show got really great reviews. I think people are really happy to see players being interviewed at the end of the matches. Um, it was quite endearing at some point because some of them were actually, um, like they, they, you could tell they were nervous about giving interviews on live television. But again, it's an, it's an opportunity to analyze a bit more in depth what, what went on during those games because usually at the end of one game, you have to like just switch to another one. So it doesn't give you that much time to actually analyze what, when, what, what happened during those games. And now you had an entire hour talking to players, listening to the press conferences at the end, analyzing what went on during those games, anal analyzing players. So it's just something different. Um, I think people should be open to understanding that this might bring the opportunity to have more people watch the league. Um, and I don't know, let, let's just see how it goes and let's see how, how people react um, to another edition of it. And, and hopefully it'll be something that will benefit everybody. I can say this because Adriana can. And if you don't want to, Tigres can stream games and we can just break records over there. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding everybody. Don't do that. Support, <laughs> support it. Be nice to Adriana. All right, give it a chance. I mean, it was a little shaky. <laughs> It was a little shaky for me and I let you know that Adriana, you know, it, it is what it is. I couldn't, I couldn't catch all of it. So I'm also kind of, um, you know, not the greatest source of opinion. I think everybody kind of let it out on, on Twitter and like on their social media. So again, it was a starting point. It was a little rocky, you know, I, like Adriana says, let's see how good it can get the potential that it could be. Um, I know the NFL does it and they kind of got used to it in their own way. So I think if, again, you, you know, you, you take from this, this first trial and see what can happen. You know, maybe we, maybe we end up liking it. We also didn't like Mondays. We used to complain about how much we wanted the feminine to be on the weekends. I mean, we still do in some respects. Right. But at this point we've come to accept that those lunes on para football feminine. So they're, you know, change we're, we're like, I said perfectly, we're creatures of habit. So let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes. And you know, I'll try, I'll try to zoom in as much as I can from my phone because the kids take the TV from me away sometimes. Um, yeah, we have a little bit of time left <laughs> because speaking of my children, I have to go pick up the, I have to go pick them up from school. But I mean, you know, give me your, your standout match from, from Hornada 10. Um, I actually have to look into them because I forget, like I, I look into the following calendar and then I'm missing updates and stuff like that. Um, I'd, I think I'd, I'd say Santos Monterrey. Yep. They had a 2-2 draw. That was pretty good. I'm, I'm really surprised to see Santos in fourth place. I'm really happy. I mean, we've spoken about this uh, so many times on the pod. I think it was just a matter of time for Santos to kind of kind of like translate the pro, like how they approach the men's side with the youth level teams and bringing in players and then just making it adapt to that structure that they want as like, it's not like a, like a short-term project. It's more like a mid long-term project. And I think we're finally seeing it for Santos, which is it's something I'm really psyched about. So 
I'm really happy to see them um, get that draw against Monterrey again, because we know how difficult Tigres, Monterrey, Chivas are uh, on the women's side. So actually seeing them get that, that, that tie was really great. And I'm just hoping that they cling on to, the, to that playoff position and, and we can see them in the year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have, I, like I said, we were, this was going to be a quick one. We are, we're very busy. So I apologize if we don't get into everything this, this podcast, but I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that game. Cause that was going to be the standout for me for Jornada 10. I think I've written about it in the, in my recaps about three weeks in a row this time, like Santos is the real deal. I think at this point, you know, you look at them in fourth place behind teams like Chivas, Rayadas and Tigres, where they beat Chivas off a of pure effort and tenacity and then kind of did the same thing with the draw against Rayadas and you go okay maybe they're not going to beat Tigres who knows maybe they can but they're you know they're the real deal they have a lot of heart this season and to be in fourth place 10 weeks in is you know it's not a fluke like they know what they're doing they found a, yeah. a system um, you know I, I had one of their players Lucian with uh, Eugenia my co- my guest host and you know she said that we feel very motivated this year there's so much stuff internally that they that they had to deal with from an emotional standpoint during COVID and everything and you know other players I mean they I know Villanueva is one of their like star strikers but you know they have so many different options and Cynthia Peraza and so many of the other players uh, Alexandra Ramirez so I think that they are a very good team to to watch out for and I think I think it might be too early because anything can happen within these next couple of weeks, but I think we're might, we're very well on our way to seeing them hit the Ligia finally. Yeah, definitely. I actually, I think I looked into their calendar for the remainder of the season and it was, it was doable. You know, it was something like you were like, okay, I think they can actually like cling on to that position and not really struggle too much during, um, in the last jornada. So hopefully that'll happen. I mean, we're really eager to see new teams make it to the Liguilla, um, kind of switch things up a bit and just it, it's just proof that the league is improving, right? Just no, just knowing that other teams um, are making it through the playoffs is, is, is I think there's no better way to prove that it, everything is going the right way. Sorry, I was on mute for sure, for sure. So like I said, guys, sorry, this is a quick one. Um, it's, it's, it's the 94th episode, you know, we're getting a little, we're getting a little tired. We're, we're 94 years old in podcast years, by the way, happy international podcast day, Adrian. I think it's international or world or oh, national. really? I saw Na- that. Yeah. And so 94 podcast in, I just want to say that this is always a pleasure it took us, I think the 60s were the hardest part because it took us like two months to get through 10 yeah, episodes. Yeah, something happened, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, we struggled with, 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 with that particular decade. That particular decade was hard, but, um, you know, we're 94 episodes in. I know we, her and uh, Adriana and I have been very busy, but we're really excited. We do have some cool stuff coming up as we approach that 100th episode mark. Um, so definitely be on the lookout. Um, Adriana, any other final words before we before we say goodbye on this podcast? Um, no, just keep up with the conversation on social media. We have we have tons of hashtags now, by the way. Um, we have hashtag Liga Femme, ENG, uh, all English conversations regarding Liga Mex Femenil. We obviously have uh, hashtag Liga MX Femenil in case you want to just post something in Spanish. Um, and yeah, just keep up with the conversation. Yeah, like Adriana said, keep up with the conversation. Follow all our hashtags. Enjoy the soccer because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.